Welcome to Intersectional Perspectives, a podcast. I'm Zen Paul, and today I'm going to be talking about graduation and expression, UC Berkeley edition with my friend, Sean. <laughs> hey, Sean, how you doing? What's up? I'm all right, man. Um, it's a wild time yep. to be us, and we're just trying to get through it. That's it. Yeah, dude, how you been? Like, well, tell me about yourself, like graduating to a Berkeley what's up yeah it doesn't feel like it yet for sure except yesterday was the closest I felt like I accomplished what I accomplished and so what I mean by that is uh walking down uh Sather Lane Sather Gate and just seeing people dressed up like how I was dressed except they weren't they weren't wearing what I was wearing what were they wearing <laughs> not many were wearing what I was wearing but yeah. Just to see people that um, were so proud of themselves and to actually finally see myself as one of those people, it felt really good to know that um, me being there was something that was supposed to happen. And no longer did I feel like, you know, unidentifiable as someone here. I felt like I could identify with these people it felt like um, it was real. Yeah. Because a lot of what's been happening has not felt real at all. And if it if you if you feel like it has been real, then <laughs> shout out to you because I've been just going, trying to take it day by day, and um, it's hard to feel like I am the person that I thought I would be. Um, before the world has simply changed Damn. so much. But yeah, other than that, I'm just trying to get through it. <laughs> right. I'm trying to get outside because these last two weeks I have been in the house um, looking at screens for way too long. And the weather has not been very kind. I'm not going to lie. Because yesterday I was trying to take pictures and then the stole that you gave me was like about to fall into water. Really? Like plenty of times, like at Hearst. It was like that? It was about to be bad. <laughs> but I'm trying to go outside. That's really what I'm looking forward to. And that's what I want to do. Because I've got like four days left over here. Shit. I know you came up to take your pictures with the barong. You know, the <laughs> Filipino. Oh, yeah. Traditional. This is a podcast, so they're not going to be able to see it, but... <laughs> I went to this place in Daly City, um, per Yelp's recommendation, because you had recommended me a, a place to get it, and I was like, these are cool, but like, I don't know if it's going to get here in time, so I was like, let me just see what's around, and then I ended up in the spot, I was greeted by this kind, uh, Pinay lady, at the tender age of 60? <laughs> <laughs> Alola. Hi, Lola. Yeah. I didn't look much like one though wow. and she told me it's because um filipinos are always smiling and laughing so it keeps their face in shape <gasps> Whoa. yeah which just kind of warm kind of nice to hear yeah and it felt like you know close to home her name's Ginneth, by the way that's pioneers uh altering and tailoring if any <laughs> any of y'all are interested i know we probably got a nice uh <laughs> pill population that might be tuning in <laughs> yeah, I got the I got the the first class baron. Dude, it looks so clean. It was very clean. Designed by 
a shop owner. So fully authentic. And if I don't wear that at my wedding, then something wrong happened. <laughs> like I probably fell way out of shape because I'm planning to wear that at my wedding and probably many other special occasions. That's probably the best. <laughs> All right, cut that out. But that's probably that's probably like the highlight of um, graduating was uh, for me was like feeling very comfortable in what I was wearing. I really like that feeling. Like when they take the pictures and you look at it and you're like, yeah, <laughs> that looks good. Like, because I remember feeling like that when I was younger, like, um, grad photos, um, like in middle school or like culmination photos. And I would have to wear like this tacky, like red gown and all that. But I'm wearing like, I'm wearing what I'm supposed Hola, to be wearing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Hello compliments too. Like, people were like, I didn't even think they would know what it was. And they're like, yo, that barong. I was like, oh, they said it like, oh, that. you know. Yeah. <laughs> barong boys. For real. <laughs> uh, yeah, so how do you feel, though? Like, you're about to graduate. You know, you came here as a transfer from, you know, a little spot called Carson. <laughs> Carson, Southern California, United States. How, yeah. was, how has it been since you came here? Well... To be perfectly honest, I've been spending the majority of my time as a Cal student in Carson as opposed to in Berkeley. Yeah. So, um, I almost lost touch with the fact that I was a student at Cal for a long time, given mm. that most of my time was away from it. And it's almost as if my time here was like a very distant memory of like what could have been almost that's sort of what I think about when I think about my time here and um, just the fleetingness of it all but it feels good to be back and it feels like I'm making good on a lot of the things I wanted to do I'm actually here with the car so I get to like see the things that I would have never got to and this is a different version of Berkeley than the one that I first came to. Yeah. Which, um... I remember. <laughs> yeah. The first night we met. Wait. <laughs> um, Do you remember? I, you know, I had a few Four Locos. You know, a few, you know, stuff. But... <laughs> How was that, though? Like, was that one of the first, like, functions that you experienced when you first came to Berkeley? The first thing I've ever saw you hold was a Four loco. <laughs> that <laughs> was an era. <laughs> that was the first thing I ever saw you <laughs> with in your hand. Unforgettable, but also <laughs> Yeah, and you were wearing this Balenciaga shirt that I think you explained was, like, Simon's. Oh, yeah. And I remember seeing that, I was like, yo, this is Abby's cool, yeah, like, this is the guy him and then I didn't know what was gonna happen that night at all it was just we had came from like the first concert I'd ever been to because I've never been to a concert it was one held um by Superb it had like Earth Gang like Made in Tokyo which yeah. is cool um I finally got to see what like a rap show concert crowd was like yeah like a bunch of like smelly like <laughs> 
male college kids. <laughs> Berkeley of all places. Yeah, and then they were like dancing on stage and like they didn't know how to dance except for like the black girls. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but that was funny. And then um, we met up and then I just remembered um, Abby being like, oh, there's like this happening and this happening and this happening. She's kind of just like that, though. She's kind of just like, <laughs> there's all this stuff happening. And then she's always just trying to, like, make everything work. And I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> and then, so, that's when I met you. And then you took us to POC House, was that? Yeah, I think it was POC House. <laughs> and that was one of the funniest interactions I've ever had. <laughs> and we could talk about it. We could talk about it. Bro, it was a penthouse <laughs> POC. Yeah, we were, yeah. So I'd never been in, like, a co-op before. And I remember, like, thinking, like, before, because I had a a rough time trying to find housing, and I was, like, trying to get into a co-op. But then that night made me really, like, glad (laughs) that I wasn't in a (laughs) co-op. And that's not the shit on co-ops. Shout out to co-ops. Y'all are great. It's just, you know, it's not for everybody. And I'm not trying to make it seem like this experience, like, tainted my opinion on co-ops or whatever, (laughs) but it's, like... We walk up there. Um, of course, I'm the only sober one. I think. But I think, like, Galiuchis is playing. Oh, really? <laughs> We're going to, like, the top floor. And it's, like, this dude. This person, I'm sorry. There was this person, and there were with these two other people. And no one had clothes on. <laughs> no one. And then... <laughs> They were greeting us, right? Yeah. Hugs, you know, hugs. No one shakes hands. <laughs> Nobody shakes hands. And I'm from LA, kind of. So it's like, I, I stick out the hand. And then they come out of the bed and they're only wearing like <laughs> a thong. Oh my God. And then they're like, oh, you're the straight one. Yeah. <laughs> and then. They were like, if you're not going to hug me, then you got to get out. They said that? Yeah. I don't remember that, but <laughs> that's funny. That happened. Yeah. So I got up off the couch, and that happened, and I hugged someone who almost touched me with parts I did not want to touch of their body, <laughs> but it's, it's all good. Yeah. And I feel like that was, like, the moment that I knew, like, okay, this is different from, you know, anything I could have expected. <laughs> Like, first week here. Yeah, first Friday at school. But that's only one part of what happened that night. There was so much <laughs> more that happened that we could easily go off into a tangent about. But Yeah, I remember we were trying to go to a party, like, that same night, and one of our friends, like, got caught with alcohol because it was out. And there was, like, a whole ordeal. We were just, like, waiting, but also, like, what's happening? Um... <laughs> I don't know how to describe, like... It's Berkeley, bro. No other way to put it. I didn't know anybody, too. So I was just like... I know. Oh. Oh, that's happening to them. Oh. I can't really step in, because I don't know y'all like that. With the cops and everything. Yeah. And I don't really know what the cops are like over here, you know? I don't even know if they're friendly like that. No, they weren't. Of course I learned that they're not. Yeah. And, um... It was it was just your average college night. <laughs> your average Berkeley night. Yo, 
Oh my god, I remember I really wanted to make a good impression because, you know, like, you're one of my best friends, like, you know, like, good friend back then, and I was like, yeah, I feel so bad because I really wanted to make a good impression, and it was like, this kind of chaotic night. <laughs> I feel like an impression is overrated. You think so? I feel like a good impression is overrated, especially if um, you can tell that it's someone that's going to be part of your life. Um, I feel like I know that um, not everyone's going to have their best day. And so to expect someone to have their best day for you is kind of selfish, I feel like. So wow. that's just how I feel, though, because I know I'm definitely not on my best when I meet a lot of people. And they probably think I'm an asshole. They <laughs> probably think so? I'm a dick. Yeah. And that's just how it goes, though, because I'm probably just hungry. <laughs> yeah. I probably didn't get good sleep, and I didn't have a coffee, and I don't feel like talking to people. And that impression that you left with that person might be enough for them to not like you for a very long time. Hmm. And I feel like where I'm from, like, an impression on somebody um, is... It's not, it's not so important because I feel like a lot of people back home really only care about themselves. In SoCal? Yeah. And then a lot of people here, the thing I love about a lot of people here is that um, it's almost like people care about others more than themselves. At least the people that I've gone to surround myself with, like yourself. Um, <laughs> <laughs> like Javi. Like- <laughs> you know, I'm going to just say Javi's like a superhero. Because one, he's a tank, <laughs> and oh my God, for two, it's like he's the concerned parent, but he's not giving off dad vibes, not at all. Yeah, he's like the cool uncle. Javi's the cool uncle. <laughs> Tito Javi. Tito Javi. <laughs> and plenty of other people too. Like the friends I made here are some of the best friends I've ever made because there would have never been a chance for me to meet people like them if I had decided to stay home. If I went to UCLA, like, there's no way I would have met people like this. Damn. And that's just because I feel like I'm not even a lot like these people that I'm friends with. I feel like I don't even share a lot in common with a lot of my best friends here. But that's so cool, though. Yeah. Intersectional perspectives. (laughs) Yeah, honestly, I feel like a lot of my friends just love you straight up. Like, and... I don't know, I just had always had this, like, good feeling about you, and, I don't know, it's, like, I have so much respect and love for you, and, I don't know, you're just, like, such a cool friend, like, you're such a cool person, like, straight up. I'm nodding my head, in case <laughs> y'all are wondering how I reacted to that, but, um, mm. that feels good to hear, because I came here, um, on the very first day. I had immediately felt like um, there's no one like me over here. Or, like, I'm not going to see anyone that's, like, going to understand me. Like, and that's not to say, like, you know, I, like, I don't belong here or, like, oh, <laughs> um, you know, I'm just built different. <laughs> yeah, you're different, you know. But, like, you're like, what I'm saying is, like, <laughs> the the people that I've shared all these wonderful experiences with, um, are so much more dear to me just because of the fact that um, we come from such different experiences yeah. and walks of life and we still find ways to understand and connect to each other. Like, 
Um, and there's still reminders of home that I see in people. Like what? Um, so, (laughs) (laughs) well, let me say, like, I don't know anyone like you back home. Me? I'm gonna say that. Yeah, for sure. What am I like? What do you like? Wow. Put Den Paul like that. Yeah, you know what? Is Den Paul like Den Paul <laughs> is? If Javi's the cool uncle, then you're like the cool big brother. Wow. I feel like the cool the cool older brother, and that's not just because you're like you know Abby's cool yeah, but it's like <laughs> I always felt like when I talked to you that you give me a part of yourself that like. I didn't deserve to know or like <laughs> or like you put me up on game about something that like I'm gonna remember down the down the line and would be like yo Den told me about that or like Den was on that shit like he knew what was up with that <laughs> really yeah for real like I felt I feel that way when I talk to you and I also feel like um when I talk to you that you know how to invest yourself in someone which i really appreciate because the people here i feel like have a deficiency when it comes to that sometimes like this very personal connection yes like you actually want to know about me like don't know why i'd be asking like what's carson like, <laughs> like what's barson like more accurately um yeah and then you know no one's asked me to like shoot a podcast so that's one thing but yeah i just i just feel mm-hmm. like i always gain something from us talking and like us just like sharing space sean i feel like you give me way too much credit because you're like honestly one of the coolest people that i know um i don't know i feel like whenever we talk like you just have so much warmth and like coolness like i don't know just fucking like cool as fuck and i don't know use like unparalleled style and like discipline discipline <laughs> speaking of discipline you live such a healthy lifestyle like i don't know tell me about it i know you're straight edge you don't smoke you don't drink you don't do any of that and like i feel like you work out very frequently you stay very you know you're very hygienic um hygienic <laughs> um yeah you take care of yourself like i feel like you gotta you care about your haircuts you care about what you put in your body i want to know more about that i feel like being surrounded in berkeley like there's a big like party like lifestyle um kind of just put stuff in your body like mindless mindlessly i feel like you're much more mindful of that I love to like just kind of hear about like the lifestyle you live and like because you're healthy as fuck i gotta say yeah um i've been told by people that like the way i carry myself and like the things that i do i seem very intentional and i guess i'd have to agree with um in the sense that you know, the way I choose my words, the way I choose, like, how I express myself. That can, that part of it can very much be taken the wrong way, I feel. But, um, me as a person, I feel like I'm very honest. And I feel like, um, I don't have very much to hide. And because of that, I feel like I'm always comfortable 
with who I am. And as long as I'm able to look at myself in the mirror and know that I'm still me, then I'm going to be okay. And I can be content. And I got to say, like, being over here and being around people that, um, you know, have their whatever you call it, you know, they have their things. (laughs) (laughs) Their things. Their things they like to do. Yeah. (laughs) Everyone's got things they like to do, like. The letter E. I'm just kidding. (laughs) It could be an experience. Yeah. E for experience. Like, all of my friends back home, or the majority of them, um, like to partake. So, it's Mm -hmm. not as if, like, I go home and I'm, like, with a bunch of people that just, you know, hang out at the sober party. And all we do (laughs) is, like, just share conversations about, you know, how... The weather. How we're keeping our our body clean and shit. (laughs) And how, you know, we like to <laughs> drink water. <laughs> but I've been around all of that. Yeah. Whether it be my friends, my family. And I've always felt like it might have been a part of my subconscious that told myself, like, okay, you've seen, like, what the bad part of that looks like. Yeah. You know, whether that be family or friends. Yeah. Like, I've seen people have their lives ruined i've seen people have their lives taken so it's not as if like it's a conscious decision by me because i think i'd give myself too much credit to say like i'm against it and honestly that would be enough to discredit me because i'm not against it and everyone has their way of coping everyone has their way of dealing with things To speak a little briefly on it, though, I feel like I'm the type of person that likes to know and control what I can. And I don't like to give myself up to things. And I feel like I might give myself up if I do. Uh, Like, I want to know what it is I did yesterday. I want to know if the moments that I shared with someone were really good, the memories I shared were really good. Or really bad. I want to know, like, what it was that was good. And I mean, it's enough for someone to say things like, you know, people remember you based on how you made them feel. Yeah. But I do cherish, like, little things. And I try not to lose sight of that. And I'm going to be honest, bro. Like... I haven't worked out in, like, two weeks, bro. Really? Yeah, I've just been up in, like, these Airbnbs that are, like, crusty and itchy. And I, like, <laughs> I don't got no space to move around. And then, like, if I do, like, the neighbors are going to look at me while I'm working out. Yeah. They're like, what the fuck is he doing? I'm just, like... We're just, like, in a house with, like, seven other people. Yeah. Well, that one was cool. I'm yeah. saying the first one with, like, um, <laughs> his identity will remain... Uh, <laughs> Remain anonymous. <laughs> Remain anonymous, but um, <laughs> let's just say the space um, did not really uh, allow for such activities. I know the setup was like this person who had like a one bedroom, and so they would like camp out in their air, like the Airbnb, their place out, like the bedroom, but then they stayed in their living room. See, there's hustling and there's doing too much, and yeah. I feel like. <laughs> I'm not gonna put out their their life, but yeah, yo, they live comfortably, yeah. And so it's like, 
maybe they feel like they're doing people a favor by letting them stay in a space and that's how they make ends meet but it's like yo people want their privacy bro yeah <laughs> and we would also appreciate for like kitchenware to not have dust on it and i said the seasonings and stuff had like dust on the cousin i'm seasoning my salmon with <laughs> all kinds of dust oh shit it's not salt and pepper that i'm grabbing off the counter <laughs> like that's not what i'm grabbing <laughs> it's something in that but i want to say though that i feel like i became a better version of myself when i started to prioritize like um wellness yeah when did that kind of happen do you feel um when i was younger like i grew up around like hella fast food and like just hella just yeah garbage food like okay so on tuesdays we would go to um this place called uh el gaito <laughs> what is that and um it was this spot where you had an equal chance of getting shot <laughs> and actually enjoying your meal. You had an equal chance. Oh my god. And so that was on Tuesday. And then on Thursday we would go to the spot called Tom's. Yeah. Which was literally the same thing. You had an equal chance <laughs> of getting shot or an equal chance of enjoying your meal. And we would get the chili cheese fries on Thursday. Because Thursday was chili day. And so this is just to give you a type of idea like what type of lifestyle I was living. Like I was just eating like the worst shit. And I didn't really like um, Filipino food till like later in my life. So like when I was younger, yeah. my grandparents would be like, all right, let's get his ass McDonald's. Oh, I see what you mean. Just get him uh, some nuggets. <laughs> 20 in a Big Mac. 20 peas in a Big Mac. Large fries, McFlurry. Large size, super size. <laughs> you know? So yeah, it's like eventually it came and caught up to me because I had this acid reflux thing happen where like I couldn't breathe. It was that bad? I would wake up and I couldn't breathe. And yeah. when I would burp, I would like keep burping. And if you ever heard someone like with acid reflux, it would sound like um, they're not a human when they burp. That's really? the only way I could put it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> like frog noises? Frog noises. <laughs> frog oh my noises. God. Yeah. yeah. They just turn into a reptile. Mm. And so, yeah, like, it caught up to me. Yeah. And um, I was always kind of, like, the type of person, too, that would just eat a whole bunch of shit. Like what? And, like, I wouldn't gain weight. So I guess I had a good metabolism. And then out of nowhere, like, I would just be eating the same unhealthy shit. And then, like, I couldn't get out of bed. Like, I would just be so tired and slumped. Like, when I would come home from school, I would just just lay there. And I didn't like that. And um, a lot of my friends, like, inspired me to, like, start working out and getting to the gym. Because, like, I had always been, like, the skinny one. Like, always. And then, um, <laughs> it's not like people would pick on me. Because, like, yeah. I feel like people never really picked on me like that when I was younger. <laughs> But, like, I was a skinny one. So, it was, like, yeah. you know, people, like, would sometimes think, like, oh, he's a skinny one. Like, we can get over on him type shit. <laughs> or they would want to try me or whatever. 
This is and I was like, you know what? I'm going to start doing some push-ups. <laughs> yeah. This is kind of just remind- <laughs> It's funny because we were hanging out with Javi, like, the other day. Mm. And he was like, okay, Sean, with his sexy ass. Because <laughs> I think you took off your, you know, your hoodie. <laughs> and you had your tank top, you know. <laughs> and the Javi was like, look at Sean with his sexy ass. <laughs> yeah. I get those push-ups and those salmon, brown rice, like... It it does something, right? The bed of brown rice. <laughs> you know, some maybe some so tight kale. It's not easy though because it's not easy. If you don't have an EBT card, then you're spending a lot of money on good food. Yeah. And a lot of good money on real food. And I feel like real food makes a difference though. What is real food? Real food is sockeye salmon. <laughs> Sorry. Mm. Wild caught. Ooh. Wild card. I mean, I'm gonna be completely honest. I only know if something is good if I've tried it before and I know how it makes my body feel. I can't. Wow. I can't speak for it if I don't know how it's gonna make me feel. Like you gotta try it. And I feel like all food is bad for you. To be honest, to like at some point, all food is bad for you. And so, I I can sometimes appreciate like the. The values of people who like like to share their food with others yeah. or the take... sixth love language <laughs> that is the sixth love language me and den have uh talked briefly about how sharing food with someone should be a love language especially cooking Oof. maybe that's just an act of service i digress um i think that what i like about eating healthy though is that it, it makes me feel good about myself. Yeah. And it makes me feel like um, I'm at least making myself better because I'm controlling what I'm putting into my body, literally. Like, it's not like um, we live in a food desert and, like, we don't have choices. Obviously, we have so many choices to choose from. In Berkeley? Yeah. Especially in Berkeley. You know, every, almost everything here is healthy. You go to Sweet Green. <laughs> <laughs> I'm put my Patagonia on and just uh, hike my way to Sweet Green. Yeah. Um. <laughs> I don't care what you say. I'm not eating a Sweet Greens. <laughs> so why? I'm, Honestly, just, I'm yeah. just saying lettuce and ranch. <laughs> that sounds like us. <laughs> that sounds like fourteen dollars worth to you, then you know. But hey, you can do worse than Berkeley, you know. Yeah. Um. Hmm. What's being healthy to you like? What does that mean to you? I uh, try to flip it on me. Oh my god! Yeah. Well, I feel like I used to be a lot more healthy back then, um, but I think especially with like the pandemic and just like the way that shifted our lifestyle or my lifestyle, that I haven't been really practicing that. But being healthy to me is, you know, putting stuff in your body that makes you feel good, um, that makes you feel energized. Whether it's like a diverse range of like food, you know, the rainbow, of like. You got your red strawberries, you have your, like, green kale, then you have your, like, brown rice and quinoa, and, you know, you got the whole spectrum going on. Everything is a spectrum. Everything <laughs> everything is a spectrum. Um, also working out, like, I feel like being physically active is so important, and I feel like a lot of what Western lifestyle is, is, like, really, like, disconnecting you from your body, from your community, um, whether it's, like, fast food to, like, 
I don't know, like my parents like have a little farm. So they, I don't know, when I'm back home in Texas, like I feel really connected to the food I eat when I eat it there. Cause I, you know, I get to grow it. I get to see it. Um, wait, yeah, <laughs> I have a farm. I just like, this needs to be shared no. with people. Like, no, it's like so. It's like a small like farm. Um, that's beautiful. <laughs> uh, that's I, amazing. That connection of food is so important. I think it's so underestimated, like underplayed, like the importance of food. Like, if you know, if by twenty fifty we're gonna have like ten billion people, that's not like an additional three billion people to like sell iPhones to. That's like three billion people to feed. And I feel like a lot of what food is now is so disconnected. It's like unhealthy. Like, for example, Western, like American medicine, the healthcare system is like perpetuating sickness almost and then putting a bandit on it. And they, they can charge you like hella money. You know how healthcare is here. You know how food is here. You know, it's the difference between like a dollar, like McDonald's hamburger with like a $14 sweet green salad. It makes sense for people to just like eat that way if you're not like thinking about it really like a lot uh so i think re- i mean i just went on a tangent about food no. but <laughs> no nah, they need to hear that and you know what i want to talk about i want to talk about how there are generations of people in the pill community that have their lives ended short or cut short because of food the oh. food they eat yeah like yo we literally think that rice like white rice white rice is like our food white rice back then was slave food bro like they were giving that to like the lowest of the low and like they were giving us pigs and thinking like you know this is what they should be eating because that's what they deserve to eat and that's a part of our our natural diet now our main diet and like literally generations after um our culture and what we think is our cuisine is basically like the only food that we could afford and the only food that was like given to us like we're from this beautiful place with so many resources so many different things that you know the the rest of the world could never hope to see and i haven't even seen it and it's just another example of like how you know the the bigger picture and like the things that 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 the land has to offer is you know not given to the people that occupy that land or that come from that land it's like i wonder what um the people who occupied this land before us were eating like for real like the indigenous people yeah like the ohlone people Say their names. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for real. Like, yeah. There wasn't even no sweet greens, bro. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, McDonald's. That's that's the thing too. Is like, um, I'm going to Jamaica this summer, and yeah, um, I cannot wait to eat Jamaican food. Yeah. For one, I've never tried it, but I've heard amazing things. But for two, I can't wait to eat a real banana. Oh, because we have fake bananas. Yes. <laughs> Call me a conspiracy. Yo, we're not eating real bananas, bro. No. <laughs> like, they're not supposed to be like this. It's supposed to have seeds in it, right? It's supposed to have seeds in it. 
I can't wait to go to Jamaica and eat a real banana. Hopefully they give me one. <laughs> uh, do you think it makes a difference? I'll know when I eat it. <laughs> okay, well, you gotta tell me about it. Um, just honestly stash one in your bag, too. And when you come here, you're like, yo, I got you something. It's like bringing food back from the Korean barbecue. <laughs> or do you put it in your napkin? Pasa <laughs> I actually know people who do that. Yeah. Sometimes if I have some extra meat, I'll put it in a napkin, you know, stash it. Yeah. That's like not food based, you know. They've got so much to give. They don't run out. They're not. You know, how do they never run out of meat, but then boba spots run out of boba? <laughs> I heard that was also a conspiracy theory where like they wanted to say that so they can upcharge like the price of boba. I mean, there is a sweet drink charge. Our yeah. tax here. I think it's a good thing. Yeah. Like... Bruh, why is American diet so full of, like, sugar? And, like, fats. Like, not good fat. Like, what the fuck is a pancake? Like, the fuck, what the fuck is, like, you know, like, cupcakes, like, cake, like, muffins, bagels. Like, I don't, and the portion sizes here are huge. You know, where are the vegetables? There's even, like, where are the vegetables? Where are the fruit? Like, where is that connection to, like, the foods that you eat, what you put in your body, the lifestyle you live. Like, I feel like even places like Google who, like, you know, make your food and stuff, like, they do that because they want you to work, you know? Like, there's such a... Like, I feel like we we see, like, things, like, spaces, people almost as, like, resources. And, like, part of, like, the extension of capitalism. I'm sorry, I'm going on a tangent here, no, but... do you <laughs> It's, like, kind of removing us from our connection with ourselves, with our community, and really what life is about. I don't know. Um, I mean, you, you talked, or you mentioned earlier, like, how there is, like, this imposed, like, disconnect um, of the self yeah. through your lifestyle and how, you know, you have to exhaust your own substance, almost, and your own subsistence um for the good of others not for the good of yourself and it's almost (laughs) like you know we take part in that for sure as you know students of this university where we work for free yeah and (laughs) no dude we're expected to take care of ourselves the majority of us are probably dependents yeah (laughs) and um we are literally like these post-teenage year people that don't know anything about how we should take care of ourselves because taking care of ourselves means what going to school and accomplishing things but Mm. so easily you know and so early do i feel like um we lose sight of just how to take care of ourselves and just how to be kind to yourself um so that's like something I try to um, emphasize, especially now, since I'm going into my uh, conclusion of my undergraduate career, and <laughs> I literally just can't wait to wake up and uh, go outside. Just do that, because I couldn't do that before. I took five classes a semester, so I was like, oh my god, perpetual, last semester too. Like, yeah, <laughs> perpetual like, grind. I did that to myself, and I did that because I felt like I didn't want to waste my opportunity. 
Oh, is that really what? Yeah, I didn't want to feel like, you know, despite it being a pandemic, despite it being um, this extenuating circumstance that no one could have imagined, I didn't want to look back on it and be like, you know, I regret that it happened during the pandemic, but I also regret that I didn't put myself out there and, like, give myself that workload. Yeah. Which is kind of corny. <laughs> no, I don't think so. Um, I just wish that I, I took more time to just, like, smell the flowers, you know? That's what I'm trying to do right now. As, you know, there are flowers on this table. Very beautiful. <laughs> I see you, uh, Mr. Simon. <laughs> Thank you, Simon. Shout out to him. <laughs> but, yeah, like, I'm, I'm really just looking forward to focusing on life um for me personally i can say that you know life is not school yeah life is not you know my excellence in this institution um and we don't even talk about that stuff life majority of the time yeah (laughs) we don't talk about that shit it's like what do we talk about oh what are you doing (laughs) what are you what are you doing becomes like oh what are you not doing yeah you know like you could be doing more or Mm. oh that's it yeah you know so i I guess i kind of fit into that the five classes thing but um yeah being gentle to myself is something i look forward to i'm glad so, Sean, as you're about to graduate, um, okay, so I know you came in here, college, like, 2019? Mm-hmm. Right, fall 2019, are you about to graduate? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, if you could go back and talk to yourself, tell yourself some wisdom then, before coming to Berkeley, what would you tell yourself then? It's okay. I would I would tell myself that it's okay. Um, I went into college or I went into university rather with no idea of like what I would be or what I might become. Um, I'm still looking back on it now. I'm like not even sure what I have become to be honest. And it's. Life has moved too fast to, like, really track my growth and, like, or also track my regression. See what might have, you know, gotten better, gotten worse about myself. But the things that we've been through and the things that we've all had to live through, especially recently, it's, like, I eventually learned through, um maintaining and trying for others and not just myself that collectively it's okay and although nothing that's happening right now is fully in your control and I'm the type of person like I said that is really big on that and like knowing that the version of myself that I am is what it is because I allowed it to be. You know, this is a part of life that you can't control. And it's it's okay. 
And so the person in August 2019 that came up here <laughs> with like nobody except for like one person, like didn't know anybody, didn't know anything about the Bay except for like the rap music I listened to when I was a kid. <laughs> and um, that they like to say all these funny words, and, <laughs> you <think>? know. <laughs> Yeah, I didn't know anything. And so, of course, that that was something that scared me and almost felt like the decision came on a whim to come here. Um, I learned that even if I didn't like it and felt that another choice would have been better, it would be okay, regardless. It's been more than okay, though, to be honest. <laughs> yeah. Coming back here is like, affirm that for me. When you came back for the last week of classes? Yeah, just to end, send myself off in the... In the barong. In the barong. Barong voice. <laughs> in the skull. But... Yeah. I would tell myself it's okay because... Um, This is a privilege to be here, and it's a privilege um, that I cherish, and I see that other people cherish it for me, Yeah, and that helps um, I feel like sometimes I don't know how to be satisfied with myself, and I don't know how to feel like enough for myself. And now more than ever, it's been like that. It's been hard to feel like what I do matters. And not just for me, but for others. And this has been like one of the few times, few moments in my life where I feel like the things I do and the things that I'm able to do can matter to others. It does. Yeah, I feel like you're doing some incredible work, and the, I don't know, like, I feel like with what you're doing with, like, social activism and, like, the spaces you, you know, like, that praxis piece, like, I just believe in that so much from you, but, and then, like, as a friend, you know, like, you're just awesome, like, you're incredible, like, you make, you literally do live, leave a positive impact in my life, and my audience life, like, our friends' lives, like, yeah, that's, that, I just really appreciate you for that. Yeah, likewise. Um, we're good for each other, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> we're healthy. <laughs> we're healthy. <laughs> we're <you> healthy. <laughs> and I love that. Yeah. I love yeah. that for us. Like, two pieces of salmon on a bed of brown rice. Not white rice, you know, they're, they're feeding that to... <laughs> But Sean, you know, thank you so much for hopping in this with me. Um, we're about to graduate soon. Um, we did it, Joe. We, we, did it, we did it, Joe. Yo, I want to say, though. Yeah. I'm the one who took you out of hiatus. Oh, <laughs> Damn. All right, you did that. Yeah. You know, it's, oh, low-key, it's been like six yeah. months, huh? I'm not going to drop this mic. But, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, thank you, Sean.
and thank you so much for tuning in with us. This is Intersectional Perspectives, a podcast. And Godspeed. Stop eating potatoes. <laughs> Last message. <laughs> Stop eating potatoes. Darker times. They're telling bold the heavy lies. Looks like all we've got is each other. The truth is obsolete. Remember when all I had was my mother. She didn't compromise. She could recognize who do Our daughters and our sons Are just candles in the sun Voodoo. Don't let them see the vibe mm. Don't you let her see the vibe Voodoo. She's got the whole wide world in her juicy fruit Got the whole wide world in his pants. He wrapped the whole wide world in a wedding.